1: the message that is important, not the messenger. Never esteem the messenger greater than the message. It's the message of God that we need to be listening to. This is a dangerous practice when you esteem the messenger greater than the message because then all of a sudden you start following the messenger. That's dangerous. That's your responsibility to check the word of God. It's your responsibility. We should not accept things at face value. How often do you read the scriptures? How often do you search the scriptures?
0: In a world filled with noise and distractions, it's easy to get lost in the messenger's voice. But in today's message, Pastor Dave reminds us that it's the message of God that truly matters. No matter what you're doing, you need to make sure it is the message of God you're listening to, not the message of the person sharing it. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of Acts chapter 17 as he continues his message. Be a Berean.
1: Jesus clearly says to the Jews, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. In Hebrews 10, verse 7, the author quotes from the Messianic Psalm 40, verses 6 through 8, then I said, behold, I have come, in the volume of the book is written of me to do your will, O God. This quotation is taken from the Septuagint version, which is the Greek Translation of the Old Testament, which is what the common Bible was back then. This version was most commonly used in the first century. And this psalm prophetically shows and declares Jesus is sufficient in character of the Old Testament sacrifice and declared his willingness to offer a perfect sacrifice under the new covenant. This declares of Jesus Christ that he is the one who was to come. And in the volume of the book, it's written of him. The Old Testament is all about Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus Christ. Now, some of you may be scratching your head and say, what do you mean? It's all about Jesus Christ. He is all the way through, interwoven through all types of people. We talked about in the study of Exodus, we talked that Moses becomes a type of Christ in many different ways. Joseph was a type of Christ. You can see these things as you go through the Bible. In all the shadows, in all the books. It's one continuous story preparing the hearts of man for the coming Messiah. It's all about Jesus Christ. The prophecies, the hopes, all prefigured in the Old Testament. These are the scriptures that the Bereans had, and these are the the scriptures that they searched. David Gusick says this, the Bereans were taught by one of the most famous apostle and theologian in early church history. He was the human author of at least 13 New Testament books. Yet they searched the scriptures when Paul taught to see if his teaching was truly biblical. They would not accept Paul's word at face value, but they wanted to know, if these things were so, are these things real? When they heard Paul teach, their subtle reaction wasn't, oh, man, he's a fine speaker. Or, hey, he's pretty funny. I like the way that guy talks. I don't like the way he talks. They didn't say that. They went and they looked to see what he was saying to see if it was true. They wanted to know, are these things so? Is this man teaching us truth? Let the Scriptures, let's study them daily to find out whether these things are so. And look at the research. It wasn't casual. This wasn't a casual fly-by-night research. This was study. They searched the Scriptures. It was worth it to them for the hard work that they put in to investigate the Word of God and how Paul's teachings matched up with the very Word. They searched the Scriptures daily. It wasn't a one-time shot. They searched the Scriptures daily. It was an extended study. They were diligent. They wanted to find out, it says. They believed. They could not understand, but they could find out the truth from the Bible. For them, the Bible wasn't just merely a pretty book. It wasn't a book of poetry. It wasn't a mystery. It wasn't just some nice spiritual day-to-day thought for the day type of thing. It was the Word of God. It was true for their lives, and if they applied it to their lives, their lives would be better. Their lives would be more rich. Their lives would be powerful. But with all diligent searching and concerning the truth, the Bereans did not become skeptics because they received the word with all readiness. When Paul preached, they had open hearts and clear heads. Too many people today have clear heads but closed hearts. And they never received the word with all readiness. It was both of these things that made the Bereans more fair-minded than the Thessalonians. What's the result of this searching? What's the result of receiving God's word with all readiness, with open hearts and over minds? They believed. They believed in the scriptures in at verse 12. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few Greeks, prominent women as well as men. Therefore, the therefore refers to verse 11. and means that because they received the word with all readiness, and then they searched the scriptures daily with all diligence, they believed. They investigated. They found out. They chewed for it upon them themselves. The Lord rewarded them with the greatest possible gift, salvation. What a wonderful reward. Some say the Bereans had a lot of concern for their sin because when they searched the Scriptures, when they found out who the Messiah was, and indeed this Messiah was Jesus Christ, they repented and came to faith. They had concern for their sin. These were men and women of great faith in God's Word. They believed God's Word, and they wanted to make sure what was so. As we finish up this section in Acts 17, verses 13 and 14, but then the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea. They came there also and stirred up the crowds. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to sea, but both Silas and Timothy remained there. So these envious Jews still come from Thessalonica to get Paul and Silas, and they wanted to beat him up. Now, Berea is about 45 miles from Thessalonica. Now, in those days, that's almost a two-day journey. They usually traveled by foot. So these guys were purposed. They wanted to get there. They wanted to hurt Paul and Silas. They had some purpose in their traveling. Who knows how long it took them? But the section closes with Paul going away and Silas and Timothy joining him later. It's a great section, but we can learn so much from this section. I'm sure if you've been around Christianity long enough, you've heard somebody say, Are you a Berean? You've heard that. You've probably heard that term. It might have even been kicked around. I mean, now they have Berean colleges, they have Berean universities. There's even a Berean denomination. My question is, do you share any of the characteristics of the Bereans? Do you share any of those characteristics? How do you receive the Word of God? Do you receive it with all readiness? When you come to a Bible study or when you come here Sunday morning, do you come with an expectation of hearing from the Lord through the Word? Have you prepared your heart to receive what God might want to talk to you through His Word? Is your heart open to whatever the Lord might want to say? You know, when we have expectations, it's an act of expecting or looking forward to a future event with at least some reason to believe that it's going to happen. It's always a prospect of good to come, usually, because you know what? Our God does not disappoint our God does not disappoint. Look what the psalmist says in Psalm 62, 5. My soul, wait patiently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. That's where my expectation is from. My expectation is not from man, because man will always let you down. He will always let you down. It's not my desire to let you any of you down. It is not my desire to ever teach you a false thing. It's not my desire to be that type of person. But guess what? I'm a man. Human flesh. And unfortunately, we will let each other down. We will disappoint. We will upset. But God never disappoints. God never upsets us. God is always for us. He's always wanting us to have the knowledge of him. Do you come with an open heart and a clear head for Bible study? you come with an open heart and clear head on Sunday mornings to learn from the word of God? to a woman's study, to a men's study. they you receive what the Lord wants for you because of that? Would you consider yourself fair-minded? Would you consider yourself fair-minded? The Bereans were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, meaning they didn't have any prejudices. Their hearts and their minds were open to God. They did not judge the messenger. They judged the message. And that's important. They didn't judge the messenger, and they didn't believe the messenger, the message, based on the messenger's personality or whom the messenger was. That's important. They didn't have any preconceived notions or hidden agendas when they came to the Word of God. They came with all readiness to receive. They wanted to hear the Word of God because they wanted to know the truth. Do you want to know the truth? We all want the truth of God. We all are hungry for God's word and God's truth. We don't want to err. We don't want to be that far off on our theology. Because if you're that far off at the beginning, by the time you get down here, look how far off you are. We don't want to be far off. We want to be true to the word of God. That's my heart. I always want to be true to the word of God. Some of you know the Bible better than I do. I think it's wonderful that you study the Word. We need to be together on this. We need to study the Word together. We need to glean the Word together. And we need to draw from it what God wants us to say. We can't have hidden agendas. We can't be prejudiced in any way. We want to receive what God wants to receive. He has a truth that He wants to give us. And He wants to give it to you through His Word. What do you do after you hear the message? I have coffee and donuts. You talk about the message maybe with somebody else? Do you think about the message? Do you wonder if there was a challenge in the message, if there was something that you needed to apply to your life, if there was something that maybe I need to change in my life, or maybe maybe some sort of sin was shown to me that I need to repent of? I don't know. What happens to the message after after it's delivered? How do you receive it? Do you discuss it with anyone? These Bereans were eager, and they eagerly but cautiously heard the message. So much so that after they heard the word and received it with all readiness, they searched the scriptures. They went right to the scriptures and they searched, okay, is what is being said is true? It appears that this wasn't only an individual event, but they did it as a group too. They did it as a group, not in an effort to put Paul down, but in an effort to find the truth. It was an effort to find the truth. They took the responsibility for themselves Interesting fact that it was Bennett, all they had was the Old Testament. That's all they had. We have the entire Word of God. We have Genesis through the Revelation at our disposal right here. The entire Word of God. And we've told them, we've talked about this so many times. The Word of God comments on the Word of God, it constantly reinforces the statements in the book. If we would read and study, One commentator said this, acceptance without discernment should not be a Christian virtue. Acceptance without discernment should not be a Christian virtue. You should have discernment to what you hear. You should have discernment. Some of you might be saying, Dave, do you realize what you're asking us to do? I know exactly what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to be Bereans. I'm asking you to study the Word of God for yourself. I'm asking you to learn from the Word of God. I don't want to err. I don't want to cause you to err. Because in the Bible somewhere it says that I'm kind of responsible for you and what I teach. And I'm going to be held accountable for that. And I do not want to be wrong. I do not want to be wrong not only for my sake but for your sake. I do not want to be wrong. But as a man, I may mess up. I may misspeak once in a while. That happens. Not by choice. Maybe sometimes by choice. I don't know, but it happens. It happens. We should always check what we hear, regardless of the speaker. It is the message that is important, not the messenger. Never esteem the messenger greater than the message. It's the message of God that we need to be listening to. This is a dangerous practice when you esteem the messenger greater than the message, because then all of a sudden you start following the messenger. That's dangerous. That's your responsibility to check the Word of God. It's your responsibility. We should not accept things at face value. How often do you read the Scriptures? How often do you search the Scriptures? We have so many tools at our disposal. And yes, even the Internet. There are wonderful sites on the Internet, the blueletterbible.com, Gateway Bible. There's, There's many, many searching tools on the Internet that you can look. But you need to be careful when you search the Internet too when you're gleaning with Scriptures because there are many crazy things out there. Many crazy things out there. These Bereans read the Scriptures daily. They looked at them daily. Romans ten seventeen. you know it. So faith then comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. It's been said that George Mueller was a great man of faith. And many, many people think the reason he was a great man of faith is because he read the Bible over 200 times. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God, by reading the Word of God. You want to have better faith? Read your Bible more. You want to have great faith? Great faith, read it a lot more. This is where faith comes from, by hearing the word of God, by listening. By listening. By studying. John Corson, one of my favorite authors, says this, the power is in the word. It's not what you think. It's not what I think. It's what God says. It's what God says that counts. And I love this because this really frees me up. When I'm talking to somebody about the Lord and they start to argue scriptures, I want to tell them, hey, you don't have to argue with me. Argue with God. He wrote it. How many problems would be solved? How many answers would be given if we take the responsibility and time to study the scriptures ourselves? How many things would we we lose? You know, faith doesn't come by encounter groups. It doesn't come by encounter groups. It comes by hearing the word of God. Faith comes to those who are in the Word, for the Word can only affect our lives. The Word changes heart. The Word changes strength and strengthens us. The Word renews our mind. The Word of God is our sustenance. Got into my car on Friday, started the engine up, backing out of the driveway, the light came on. I needed gas. Well, car doesn't run without gas. I've learned that many times the hard way. No gas, no run. It's a simple fact. Even though I had to drive over to Wawa and wait a billion years to get waited on because of the line, my car wouldn't run. The word of God is the Christian sustenance. This is our sustenance. This is our strength. This will give us power. This will give us protein. This will give us provisions. Don't take my word for it. Matthew 4.4, 4, when Jesus is being tempted by Satan in the wilderness, he clearly says that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's our sustenance. It's our manna that comes from heaven. It's our manna that comes from heaven. And you know what? I have found out in these last few months that when I eat less, I desire less food. When I eat less, my stomach kind of does some strange things and shrinks, and then the thought of food is there, but sometimes it, the desire's not there. Well, that's what happens with the Word of God. The longer you go without reading it, the less you want to read it. You don't really want to read it, and it becomes a hassle to pick it up. You know, then you get up in the morning and go, oh, do I have to read the Word of God today? I can see Laura Lord sitting up there going, no, <laughs> no, don't read it with that attitude. We should come to this with with joy. We should come to this book with with a feasting attitude. We should come to this and look at it like a steak dinner. Oh, man, I'm going to feast on this today. No, we'd rather turn on garbage. We'd rather eat garbage. I know I'm talking to the choir. I know I'm preaching to the choir today. But we should meditate on God's word. We should feast on it. We should revel in it. And we should be constantly digging and searching and studying. Are you a student of God's word? Do you study God's word? Another commentator that I like is R. Kent Hughes, and he said this, the Christian life can be most stimulating if we allow ourselves to be open to learning and growth, continually immersing ourselves in scriptures. God's word will keep us in touch with the fundamental issues of life, and so keep us alive and growing, making us honorable ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Let me leave you with this. We should be more fair-minded than even the Bereans. If the Bereans were more fair-minded than the Thessalonians, we who have so much more than they had, we've got the completed work of God. It's been completed, and here it is. They had bits and pieces. They had the Old Testament. We don't even know how much of the Old Testament they had. The New Testament was still being written by Paul and the others. It just started. We've got the complete work of God. It's here. Everything is here we need. If Luke considered them more fair-minded than Thessalonians, we need to be more fair-minded than the Bereans. We should receive the God with all readiness. Here I am, Lord. Knock me out. Slam me hard, Lord. I really want your word. I really want to feast on it because I know you've got something for me today. This is how you should go to retreats. Ladies, I encourage you, go to that retreat next weekend, knowing that the Lord's going to speak to you, knowing that the Lord has something special, even if it's only one little sentence. And when he says it, you're going to go, yeah, that's for me. Or you can do what I do. I went down to um, the East Coast Pastors Conference, and I sat there, and I listened, and every single speaker said, that's for me, that's for me, that's for me, that's for me. And it was. The whole thing was for us. And that's what we do. We, we have a readiness and go, yeah, I know I'm going to be going. Don't, don't, don't So I'm going to retreat. whoop do. doo I guess I'll go up there and, you know, have some fun. Don't be an Eeyore, please. Be, be excited about your faith. Be excited about what you're going to hear from God. Because you know what? We give credence to these speakers, but when you check the Word of God and it matches up with what's being taught, you're going, oh, yeah, this is what I wanted. This is what I wanted. Have an open heart. Have a clear head. When you hear someone speak the word of God, I don't care who it is. Search the scriptures. Be responsible for what you hear. Don't take everything for face value. Be responsible for what you hear. I mean, if the great apostle Paul was worthy of this kind of close examination, who then am I? Or anyone else that you might hear? Should we not also be even more and that, I challenge you. It's my challenge today. Be a Berean. Be a Berean. Now, some of you have already done that. Some of you will come up to me after, after a study or on Wednesday night or after a thing and go, you know what? Uh, the Lord gave me this scripture while we were speaking. I'm going, yeah, man, that's great. I wish I'd have thought of that and put it in my message. That's great. You know, I love that. I love that. I love that because it means you're listening and you're hearing the word of God and you're checking. You're gonna, And when the word of God is speak, you're going to be reminded of scriptures. You're going to remind them of things that the Lord's saying. Write those down. Keep it in a little packet. That's great for you. That's meat from heaven. That's God speaking directly to you and giving you wonderful things. That's how we should all be. We should be that. And together, as a church, we'll really grow in the faith and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because the only way we're going to grow is by knowing his word. And when we grow, our faith will grow. And as our faith grows, the Lord will add to our church, and the numbers will grow if they want to grow. Whatever the Lord wants to do. I'm perfectly satisfied with what we have, but whatever he wants to do, I'm not going to limit him. I'm not going to limit my God. We want what he wants for us. Individually, I want what he wants for me. You should want what he wants for you. Collectively, we should want what he wants for Calvary Chapel, Kate May. That should be our heart. And that's what being a Brian is. That's what being a Berean is. And yeah, it takes some work. Yeah, I'm not asking you to do something that's easy. I'm not asking that. It takes some work. It takes some time. And if your schedule's like mine, time is something that you have a hard time finding. I I understand that. I appreciate that. A lot of you work full-time, two, three jobs. A lot of you have children. A lot of you have other things going on. I understand that. We need to be Bereans to grow in our faith. We need to take the Word of God and, and digest it. And fully become aware of it. It needs to be something that we want to do on a daily basis. I believe that with all my heart. And my challenge to you today is, are you a Berean? And if not, why? Why not? Why not?
0: You've been listening to Pastor Dave on A Sure Hope. Pastor Dave is working his way through the book of Acts. Did you know that the first martyr for Jesus was a great man of faith? His name was Stephen, and he was bold and courageous to proclaim the name of Jesus to others. He wasn't afraid to tell the truth, even when it cost him his life. What courage in the midst of opposition. Do you think you could do the same in this day and age? It's hard to stand up for Jesus when everyone around you is telling you you're intolerant, unloving, and just looking to put people down if you tell them they're doing something wrong. But what makes things right or wrong is firmly rooted in Scripture. It's God's Word that should direct morality, and Stephen was unafraid to go there. If you liked this message and would like to catch up on any message you may have missed, head over to AssureHopeRadio.com. There you'll find many messages from the Book of Acts, as well as other series. If you find yourself in the Cape May, New Jersey area, stop in and see us. All the information you need is on our website, location, directions, and service times. And if you prefer to call, you can do that too. Our number is 609-884-5821. Once more, that's 609-884-5821. We'd be happy to answer any questions over the phone. Well, that's all we have time for today, but we've loved spending this time with you. We look forward to the next edition of A Sure Hope.